You're listening to Casual Talk Radio, where common sense is still the norm. Whether you're a new or a longtime listener, we appreciate you joining us today. Visit us at casualtalkradio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you, Bailey, for that introduction, and welcome back to Casual Talk Radio, found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We have an interesting topic to discuss today. Near and dear to my heart, number one, because I used to work in the business. And so for me, I have a lot of experience on the topic at hand. It came up recently in my personal situation, but I thought that some of the information might be of benefit to people out there because I am going to be hitting you, just to warn you, I am going to be hitting you with stuff that sounds a little bit like conspiracy. It's not conspiracy. This is legit. And you're free to do research. I encourage you to look up the topic and educate yourself about how this works. Because I think it's important for you, especially given the demographic of the audience of Casual Talk Radio, which seems to skew very close to my age range. Chances are you've encountered this at some point in your life and you've tried to avoid it and it didn't work and you didn't know what was going on. And that's where I wanted to share this information. Some of you may be aware of what I'm about to share. And if you are... Feel free to vet what I'm saying, and we'd love to hear from you. Casualtalkradio.net, hit the contact form. Our topic today has to do with credit. Credit scores, credit screening, credit bureaus, credit for loans, credit for whatever, credit. Credit in all of its forms. And here's the thing with credit. It's kind of a funny thing. When we discuss credit, we must parallel it with loans, lending, housing, renting, jobs. Let's be honest here. We have to parallel it with all of these different things that a consumer takes advantage of. Let's talk about the initial intent of credit. The initial intent behind credit is very simple. It's the idea that if you need money that you don't currently have, but you need this asset of some kind, somebody or something is going to lend you money with the expectation that you're going to pay it back so that they can show other lenders how good you were in paying things back, here comes credit scores. Credit scores were a way to somewhat automate the process for screening applicants for the purposes of lending money. In the old days, it used to be you just walk into the bank, it's a community bank, they know your name because they knew your family from 30 years before, and it was kind of on face that it was a good family, You know, maybe you have a good farm, you're reputable people, you saved somebody from disaster, whatever. But it was based on who you were, person to person, and a gut instinct that you're good people. In the olden days, collateral was a very strong motivator for lending people money. The idea that, you know, if you're not going to pay it back, I'll just take your horses from you. As time passes, there happened to be situations where people were not as let's say, not as studious about paying back loans. Also, we started seeing more people applying for loans and applying and taking out debt for things. They needed to automate some of this. And so in comes the credit scoring model. There are actually multiple scoring models now. Used to be just the one. The intent was we need to somehow put some quantitative metric around how likely is this person to pay me back for this money that I'm lending. Fast forward, and we're in a world now where, let's say for jobs, 
there are still places in the United States that will deny you a job based on your credit score or based on entries in your credit report. Some of you that are listening from other countries may be shocked and appalled at what I described, but this is the case. They do it because they know they can. They do it because in their mind, it's the easiest way to discriminate. And I know that's going to make people shudder, but that's effectively what you're doing. You're discriminating against people who need the job using credit reports. Credit reports are a faulty metric. That is the topic of what I'm talking about today is how faulty it is. Let's take car loans. When you need to take out a car loan, first of all, I own both of my cars. I shouldn't have two, but I do. I own both cars. Fresh, clean, there's no loans on the car side. But I've had car loans in the past, multiple times. During up times, during down times. Car loans are a very predatory business. They know, in most cases, you're not going to be able to afford to drop cash on a car. They know that. The dealers are banking on you, needing to come in there and finance that car. They don't like it if you come in with your financing from your bank because they want to, what, charge you the highest rates because they're going to get a higher commission and they know they can slip all sorts of crap in there. I don't know if you know this. They're starting to add all sorts of little features like tires that have a fancy side or, you know, wheel wells that have a fancy something or lights that have a fancy something. They're adding all these optional features, but they're forcing it upon you if you buy it on the used market. And when you buy it on the new market, they're adding all these different features. Well, that car that you want, that's a base model. We don't have that, but we have this high-end one that's, you know, 10,000 more. Do, do. They know that they got you when they know that you want a car. You know how expensive cars are now. It's all a scam. If you were to finance with that dealer, your rate's going to be significantly higher than financing through your bank. But even your bank ultimately is going to nail you unless you have, quote, perfect credit. Your credit needs to be at least 700 in order to avoid getting nailed with ridiculous stuff. That's just the way that it is. So they're all in it together. The dealers are in it together with the banks and the banks are there making their profit as well because they know you need to, you need to borrow money from them because they, chances are you don't have the money to buy that car fresh out cash. We could go on and on about home loans. We can go on and on about credit cards. We can go on and on about private student loans. Federal student loans are a little bit different, but not completely, but they're a little bit different. Let's drill into the credit scoring system, the system. And when I refer to a system, I don't refer to a computer, although there's a computer behind it. I refer to the interconnected system of people at the highest level who are super wealthy and systems, as in technology, and the government, because they're all in it together. For a credit score, the algorithm looks at multiple things and it makes an assumption about your probability to pay taken form in a number. So they'll look at things like, how recently have you applied for credit? They'll look at things for how frequently do you apply for credit? They'll look at things like the diversity of types of credit, as in, home loans and student loans and credit cards and private loans and diversity of types of credit. They'll look at payment history. They'll look at age of credit. How long of credit history do you have? They take all these different factors and arguably where you live. That may shock you, but I guarantee you that where you live makes a difference in your credit score. Altogether, 
spits a number out and it's just a number. It doesn't have any context around it. It doesn't consider you the person at all. It's based on statistics. It's based on algorithms that calculate amongst multiple people and a probability that some nerd has programmed into the technology and then rich people have changed and added bias. When we say bias, what do we mean? If you have a person right now who has no credit, I'm saying somebody, let's say fresh out of high school, has no credit, they've never had a car loan, they've never had a credit card, they've never had a home loan, nothing. You're going to find it very impossible, not totally impossible, let's say close to impossible, to be able to extend credit, to apply for things, except in what's called the subprime. The reason is because they can't, they refuse to use their human intuition to gauge whether or not you're likely to pay them back. If they can't get the score, they don't know how likely you are to pay them back. And so they'll assume you're probably not going to be able to pay it back and thus you'll get denials. In the olden days, you could get the Mervyn's card, you could get Target's red card, you could get you know certain lower level stores, Macy's, in some cases, Robinson's May when it was still a thing. In certain cases, Kmart, you could get a low-level credit card, something that got 300 bucks or something simple. You could pretty much almost always get those. They're in the subprime tier. They would give them because they want more customers. I'll come back to those that level here in a second. The assumption is that you would use those as a jumping point to build a credit profile. So you do these, let's assume that you're performing fine with the credit cards. Okay, maybe you do a cell phone. A cell phone does not by default report to your credit. Okay, so some people think it does, it does not by default, it does not. If you rent, which most people do, fresh out of high school, it's likely not gonna report to credit unless it chooses to use rent track, which is a newer thing, that wasn't a thing back when. Way back when, you couldn't have rent payments. So you, that's your largest and largely most reliable, was not reporting to credit, rent track's a thing, not every rental place uses it or applies for it. If you have student loans, if you take them out yourself and they're private loans, they'll report to your credit. Chances are you're not taking them out yourself, your parents are taking them out for you. If, you, if your parents co-signed for you, as in you both applied for it together, they'll appear on your credit. In the old days, your parents might have actually even been okay adding you as an authorized user of their credit cards in order to help you build a credit profile because those would appear on your credit report. In addition to the history that they had, which in some cases for older folks was like, you know, 10, 20 years worth of history, which would give you a good credit boost. However, as time passed, a lot of these agencies realized this is not going to work and they started deprioritizing authorized user credit and prioritize more that it's directly to you. So even the cosigner credit doesn't benefit you as much as it used to because they know there's other games that are played by people where they were essentially cheating the system because they knew it was a scam. More on that later. So when this happens you're growing and you're trying to build a profile you get one one little credit card or something maybe you get a car loan you're in front of some shady slimy little dealer who quotes you an apr that's like 15 percent or higher it's not like you have a choice because they're not going to negotiate you might be able to get something from your bank they'll probably be like nine percent eight percent because you lack credit here's what that means 
It's not that you don't have credit necessarily. It's that they don't have enough of it to generate a bias score. A bias score means how much can I assume this person will or won't pay me back? That's a bias score. And a bias score takes multiple forms. They look at multiple factors. They, like I said before, want to see a diverse set of different types of credit. They want to see that you've had credit cards. They want to see you've had home loans. They want to see you've had auto loans. They want to see you had private loans. But here's where the scam comes in. When you apply for credit cards, you get an inquiry on your credit report. One or two inquiries isn't too bad. Once you start getting to three and beyond, your credit score gets hurt a lot. The, the assumption, the bias that I refer to, is if you're applying, if you have a lot of applications for credit, you probably are, you're probably not reliable. You need money. You're, you need it for something, and so likely you won't be able to pay it back. That's the assumption, anyway. It could very well be you're applying to multiple different things because you're just trying to shop around. Maybe you're trying to get the best rate. The algorithm doesn't care. It only cares when you're buying a home and there's other rules to that that I won't get into for the purposes of this episode. Point is, there's a bias against you. It assumes you must be flat broke and unable to pay us back if you're applying for all these different things. Well, what happens if you're applying for credit cards because you know you need credit cards and you're getting denied a couple places? You're going to have inquiries. That's going to hurt your credit significantly. When you go apply for that car, now you open up a new line of credit because you just applied for a car. You have a new loan. You have a new credit card. You get dinged again for credit that's too new. That's what they refer to it as. It's, it's too new. We don't have enough history. And because there's not enough history, it dings against you. It may seem unfair, but that's the way they play it. That's why it's a scam, because they know you, in order to build credit, it's going to be new. And there should be some sort of a grace period where you're not going to ding somebody if they're fresh new to it, but they do it anyway. Now, let's pass some time. Let's say you, you've, been, you've had credit and you're done with it. You swore off credit like Leister here at CasualTalkRadio.net has. You swore off of it, you're cash only. There are some organizations who will require you to have a credit card. I know hotels take debit cards now, but they don't want to. They want to take a credit card. Do you know why? Because in the case of a credit card, in their mind, which is stupid, but in their mind, a credit card is more likely to provide them the money in case you damage the room versus a debit card where there's the theory that you'll just yank the money out after they do the pre-auth and then they won't get paid. Now, how likely is that to happen? I'm sure there's people that do that. However, a debit card, when it's swiped, if you swipe it correctly and you do the transaction properly, not as debit, but as credit, which all of them support because it's Visa, MasterCard, whatever, it's going to preserve the funds and it's not going to allow them to yank the money out. It's not the way it works. It only works that way if somebody is really slick with it, which is rare. So debit cards are actually more reliable in terms of getting paid than credit cards. Credit cards, you can do a reverse. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff with a credit card that you cannot do with a debit card. The hotels don't care. Most hotels have relented and they'll allow you to do a regular debit card. It's just that they nail you for extra deposit because of it. All because they want you to have dived into credit. So if you're sworn off credit and you're like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm cash. They won't even let you do that. So go back to the credit score now. 
let's say you just decide to get the credit card and haven't had one, they're going to ding you because it's new credit. They're going to ding you even though you didn't do anything wrong. If your credit score is on the lower end of the spectrum, you're less likely to get that credit card. But let's say you do. Your APR, the rate that they charge you for the borrowing of the money, is likely to be significantly higher, which makes it harder to pay it. If you miss a payment, even just one, your credit gets hurt because the score is designed to bias against you. Now, let's say you're perfect. Let's say you, you have your credit card, you did your car loan, you were able to get a home loan, let's say it's a condo, and you're making payments timely because you had a great job and everything's great. COVID hits, you lose your job. What the government didn't do, and I talked about this on a past episode, what they didn't do is put out an edict that said, all credit agencies, if the delinquency, if the deficiency occurred during this period of time, which is basically the beginning of 2021, all the way through 2020, end of 2022, let's say, if the delinquency happened anytime in that period, you will remove any negative bureaus, you will remove any negative reports. All of it. You clear it all out. We're, we're clean slating it. There would have been a lobbying and they would have fought it. The banks would have fought it because they would have said, no, that's, that's valuable history. We need to know if these people are trustworthy. If the government were ethical, they would have said, you need to use your own people judgment. You need to actually talk to people and understand their situation. Because it could be in your situation that you got crazy amounts of cash ready to go but they won't accept it or you're missing just a little bit of it and you just need to get over that threshold. Let's say buying a home. Maybe for buying a home, all you need is just that extra 5,000 for a down payment. So you're still gonna need to buy it. You're still gonna need to take out the loan to be able to buy it, sure. But if your credit's on the lower end, your rate's not gonna be that great unless you go FHA and FHA has its own issues. It's all a scam. The credit scoring system wants the whole banking, I'm talking the system, everything, banking, everything, wants people who effectively don't need the credit. You're wondering what I mean. They want people who are wealthy enough and have enough credit already that they don't really need anything new. I know that sounds contradictory, but that's the truth. If you already have a diverse set of credit and you're not applying for any new, your credit's going to go up as you make timely payments. Once you get to a point, let's say 750 now or greater, and I know that sounds high, but that's, that's the truth. You can ask any lender, 750 or higher. At that point, it's a good probability you don't need any additional credit. It's a good probability you don't need to increase your credit lines. You don't need another car loan. You don't need another home loan. So they're willing to lend to you now when you don't need it. When you do need it, they make it harder to get it by way of the system. Guess what? That influences the lower level of society. And by lower level, I don't refer to people as human lower level. I'm talking in terms of financial status. People who are on the lower class financially. People who are struggling. People who are cut. People who are homeless. People who just had one mistake. Let's say somebody had a bad relationship falling out and it was a shared banking, you know, between the two of them and they had a falling out, they're the ones who are going to be damaged by the credit system every time. The people who don't need the credit, they don't need anything new, they're, they'll get credit thrown at them. They'll get pre-approved, not just pre-qualified, 
pre-approved, thrown at them. Please apply for this. It's ready for you. You already have your name printed on the darn thing. They can walk into a bank and get a check, essentially a blank check to buy any car they want. This is the reality. The credit system is built around people who don't need it. And that's its flaw. Because when you look at the impoverished or just the low class or the lower middle class or even the middle class, they're the ones who really need this. And when you have an economy where the price of things is increasing steadily and to some degree out of control, where that's the only lifeline, certainly salaries are not going up anywhere near a pace with the increase in prices of things, which means loans and the need for loans is going to go up astronomically. That's what we've seen. Well, when that happens, what do we do about it? Nothing. So then people who can't get access to the loans they need, what do they do? They go to predatory lenders. Predatory lenders who are absolutely happy to lend them money at absolute ripoff rates, which does what? Contributes to crime. Because if those don't get paid off, there's a criminal element to it. Getting access to that money, there's a criminal aspect to it. Drugs are a criminal aspect to it. And mind you, the government doesn't want to fix that problem. You say, well, they're trying. They say they're trying. They're not trying because it's easy to fix. You fix it by fixing the bias of the credit system, but they don't want to do that either because they know that the bias of the current credit system is the only way to enrich those banks, to enrich those lenders, to keep them happy, which is their priority. Their priority is to keep them happy, not make you whole. So then you get into welfare as I close. You get in all these welfare systems where there's money aid available, food assistance available, medical assistance available. The medical assistance, they'll gladly hand you. They'll throw it at you. They'll let you be on it for eight years without having to requalify, without having to, and, and there's no real approval, quote unquote. But when it's money assistance, you have to jump through hoops and hoops and hoops and hoops to get access to cash. Why? The government doesn't want you to get ahead. The government doesn't want you to be ahead. The government doesn't want you to be up there because the moment that you come from down here and you go up there, you're no longer reliant on them. When you're up there, you no longer need the credit system. If you don't need the credit system, you're no longer the target for them. They don't care about you anymore because they'll just simply treat you as a target. This is something they're too wealthy. We need to tax them higher to get, to get them back down because that's the game. That's the scam. That's how it works. And again, I encourage you to do research on the topic of credit scoring and the model and how everything works against you. If you apply for something brand new, you get nailed. If you apply for multiple at the same time, you get nailed. If you don't have a diverse set of it, you get nailed. If you try to be cash only in society, if you're going to hit some brick walls at some point. It's, it can be done, but it's not easy. They make it hard for you. Everything's built to be against you unless you already have enough wealth to where you don't need it. If you have a system where you have enough wealth that you don't need it, if everybody could do that, the society would crash, crash and burn. Because if you have a system that doesn't need reliance on banks, what are you left with? You're left with a society that is independently strong. 
financially. And that's what our government cannot have, which is why everything goes back to increasing taxes. And the tax increases are always going to come after you higher than the higher paid people because there's less of them and there's more of you. Again, it is absolutely okay if you disagree with me or you say I'm a tinfoil. I want you to research the topic of credit scores and how they're designed to be against you. They're not designed to be your friends. They're designed to be against you. I want you to understand that, learn it, embrace it because it'll make you stronger as an investor. It'll make you stronger as a family manager or member or whatever. It'll make you stronger as a student. It'll make you stronger in the workplace. It'll make you stronger emotionally to be aware. I'm not going to use the word woke because that's not what it is. Be aware of what's being done to you, around you, and in some cases against you. Be aware of it so that you can create a plan about what you do with it. I can't tell you what your plan should be or will be or can be. All I can do is expose what's out there. This is what it is. We'll be back next week. I'm purposely avoiding the Russell Brand situation because there's not enough information, in my opinion. I'm avoiding it, but I am going to be talking somewhat around the situation that he's currently embroiled in because I think it's an intriguing topic, if nothing else.